Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Driving and More Show. Hi, I'm Paul. I'll be your host this evening and it uh, looks like it's um, uh, going to be a solo show. Thing. You're not going to join me on us yet. Uh, hopefully, Mr. Harris will be uh, joining me uh, in a moment. As you can probably tell for those of you on the live feed, the camera quality is a bit of a mess. So I'm sorry, folks. Um, I've been dashing around trying to get the uh, cameras to work and uh, clearly I have failed. So we're running off the uh, laptop uh, camera this evening, which makes it look uh, someone, someone once said, uh, why are you videoing it through a potato? Um, so, yes, not a very good quality camera uh, to what we normally use. I'm sorry, about that, folks, had some technical issues and can't get either of the other cameras to work. And I'm going to unplug it so it stops flashing in my face. But you probably couldn't see that. But it is awfully distracting for me. Um, so, yes, uh, what do we get up to at the weekend? Well, uh, we had um, Farrah Power Cup, which I must admit I'm not caught up on, I'm afraid, folks, albeit a bit of a, a, a bit of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, hectic um, weekend for me, which I'll explain in a second. But we also we did have um, the latest round of the NPC and some action. I got to a couple of games there for that one. So I was at um, Waikato versus uh, Auckland. Um, and also at uh, Counties um, versus um, Manawa 2. So, uh, and I've got uh, post-match interviews from both of those games. I don't think I've named them, so it's going to be a bit of potluck as to uh, which ones I pull up. Um, but um, we will go through those ones, so some, some uh, cracking interviews there um, with that lot. So we'll catch up with those as we talk about that. We'll have a look forward to the... Um, what's um, the word I'm uh, looking for? Uh, to the internationals as well because they're midweek um this week uh and um also uh the um uh, any other kind of hot news that um is out there so um thank you so much for uh joining me in the live feed of course you can join us at 8 p.m every monday well i say that because we're actually going to change this from a monday to a tuesday folks um from next week so from next week driving more show will be on a tuesday night at 8 p.m and the standoff show will stay in its normal slot of a Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Um, due to uh, actually changes in um, my life at the moment and having and I'll be uh, busy um, working on a Monday and obviously uh, away from home on Monday nights um, working 
uh, getting yourselves lined up for what's what I'm looking for on Black uh, Christmas and uh, making stables, uh, toy stables is what I do. Um, in uh, the uh, rest of my time, I'll talk about and, talk, and watching rugby. So um, that's what uh, we are up to. That's what I'm up to, uh, folks. Um, around it, and I've waffled enough, but Stephen still hasn't joined us, or Elboa, or anyone else. So hopefully, uh, we'll see if anyone does uh, join me, join this one. Otherwise, it could be a bit of a, uh, a quickish kind of show. Um, catching up then on those Farrah Palmer Cup results, as I have not seen these ones, but Targo Spirits um, hosted Hawks Bay, and that finished 20 to 24. So a close one um, there uh, in that one. Um, congratulations to. Um, uh, to Hawks Bay, uh, who managed to um, uh, get it, uh, managed to to win the final there after um, losing um, during the um, regular season to um, Otago Spirits. Otago came through, won every single game during the regular season, so beat all the other teams, um, including uh, beating uh, Hawks Bay twenty-two to forty-four in the opening round of uh, the competition, but uh, couldn't do enough at the end. So. Hawks Bay will be the team that gets promoted. Really tough on uh, Targo, who I say had the perfect season, five wins from five games during the regular season um, uh, with a points difference of 139. Um, so, yes, cracking season from them just got short uh, in that uh, final game. Um, the old arguments um, as to whether um, you should have finals in a league competition. But I think we've gone past that one, um, haven't we? Um, let's uh, be Honest. Um, good evening to Simon, who's given bringing us up to speed on the European Super Cup um, tournament um, with uh, a couple of new teams. Um, Tel Aviv Heat have been um, powering um, some uh, uh, players uh, in from overseas. Um, they're in that one. So congratulations to the win, win over Romanian Wolves um, and uh, then Batium RC against Georgia Black Lion, three to twenty-nine. So clearly, um, good one for um, Georgia there. Um, so that was the uh, the 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 from the championship to uh, um, well we'll have we'll see if they do have promotion and relegation next year um, with that one um, in the in the um, uh, the premiership um, Manu two if there is relegation are the team that um, will um, go down um, on that one and uh, the final was a repeat of the uh, final from um, last year with Canterbury, oh no, sorry, it was Canterbury, last year it was Canterbury versus Waikato, Waikato won. This year, Auckland Storm had beaten Waikato in the semi-finals, um, and so it was Canterbury versus Auckland Storm, and a comfortable win for Waikato, for Canterbury, um, 41 to 14 over Auckland there in um, in the Farrah Palmer Cup, obviously bringing a close to um, Kendra Cox's, uh, so I'm looking for a domestic um, career, uh, so uh, massive congratulations to her and a great way to um, go out on a high. Um, and uh, good evening, Mr. Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, yeah good evening, Paul. My apologies to, to you and your audience. Uh, couple of, couple we have no sound. We're really having technical issues mm. um, this uh, this evening. It's been an absolute um, disaster. So Stephen will go away and try and figure out how to do the right sound um, because, um, as I say, he's not on mute by the uh, looking at the settings. But uh, we have no sound coming through his microphone. Stephen, take two. And I'll come back to you very shortly. Oh, silent. So never mind. Oh, dear. So we'll, yeah. he'll have to go away. Probably drop, back, drop out, reboot his computer, come back in again. Hopefully we'll have Stephen um, joining us with sound um, at some point. Because sound, I think, is one of those things that's really important for a podcast. Uh, never mind a live stream. So there we go. Um, and, uh, yeah, so folks, uh, yeah, find us at uh, 8 p.m. from Tuesdays from now on. 
uh, on a uh, on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just search New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, it's at Driving Mall on Twitter, um, and uh, also the podcast New Zealand Sport Radio as well. So do check those if you want to uh, listen to us on the go. Um, so that brings to a close the um, Farrah Palmer Cup, and obviously uh, the things will now um, turn um, to uh, look uh, to the international. Um, side of uh, the women's game with uh, the um, Rugby World Cup coming coming uh, coming up, um, kicking off on um, the eighth um, uh, of October, um, the um, with uh, South Africa against uh, France in that um, opening um, game there. Uh, in on on that one, uh, that will be on Spark Sport, folks, because rather than on to on Sky um, at the weekend. There were a um a or well, there was um one game. Italy beat France twenty six to nineteen, reversing the twenty one nil result from the um, previous weekend. I'll be honest, I don't know how selection went on these ones, um, and whether one side sort of rested or or whatever players. So, but um, good win for um Italy there uh, over France. I think you can find that Italy will be um much more competitive than their men's team, uh, even if with Italy picking up two wins uh, during the women's Six Nations. To finish fifth there, um, Wales, Ireland, Italy all got two wins and three losses as teams beat each other. Try again with Mr. Stephen Harris. Take two. Hopefully you can hear me. Disaster. No, still silence. I've got no idea what's going on tonight. Oh, dear. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what we can do there, folks. Um, as I say, a bit of a um, disaster um, this um this evening, uh, Stephen, uh, sorry, Simon, let's just know that, yeah, the Black Ferns games will be on um, delayed um, on free-to-air TV3 for the Rugby World Cup. Um, Scotland versus Spain was postponed due to the passing of the uh, Queen um, there at the weekend. Um, coming up, England will play Wales on um, on Thursday um, at uh, 6 a.m. in the morning. Also, it'll be a Wednesday night game uh, in over in the uh, UK there. Um, and uh, New Zealand women have got one more game, one more game before the, the uh, Rugby World Cup um, up against Japan. Talking of Rugby World Cups, we had the um, Sevens World Cup at the weekend. Um, a thing that I, I'll be honest, um, I don't really follow Sevens, so I didn't keep an eye on this one. Um, but uh, congratulations on the men's side of things as uh, Fiji beat New Zealand in the final 29-12. to 12. Um, A really impressive performance by Ireland who came third, beating Australia 19-14. to 14. Um, So, cracking result for Ireland, a country that didn't have a sevens programme um, until recently. So, um, there we go. We've got Stephen back again. He's going to go. Take three. Three, two, one, zero. Absolutely, no, no result at no, all. Yeah. So, no, um, all. he's tried different headphones, folks, for those of you who are... Um, uh, who are listening to the podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, it's all gone a bit pear-shaped. So I'm not sure what's happened there with Stephen. So um, we will have to, um, uh, we'll, we'll get him back next week, hopefully. Because uh, yeah, technical issues, as I say, um, are killing us if he does, if he does sort of come on, he does come on, but uh, we'll have to bash on um, as they say. So on the went, that was what's happened on the men's side. So fantastic. So uh, quite well done, Fiji. Over on the women's side, and again, uh, New Zealand were finalists, losing out this time to Australia, 24 to 22. So a close one there um, with France picking up the third place, beating the USA 29 to 7 uh, in that one. So um, yeah, New Zealand coming up short just in both of them. 
um, uh, but uh, cracking results for the uh, Black Ferns and the All Blacks. Look, um, you can't be. Um... Oh, Aaron says uh, we can hear Stephen. No, no issues. Try again, Stephen. Yep, I can try. I can. I can hear you, Paul. You see, if I turn the volume up on my computer, I can hear you. Oh, there you, there you go. So after all that, the uh, issue was at your at your at your end, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, oh dear me! Sorry, folks. Thank you. You've all been yeah. hearing Stephen. So Stephen, as I've, as I've, as I've whistle stopped through um, the uh, the Farrah Palmer Cup finals, did you um, did you catch any of those or any other sort of comments um, on that oh, sort of thing? Oh, listen, just a few highlights, but, you know, wonderful way for not only uh, Kendra Coxedge to go out, but uh, um, I'm just the uh, front row of uh, Escapes Me as as well, who was playing, I think they were both playing their 100th, were they both playing their 100th game or was it pretty much their final final game, Paul? Oh, was that Kendra Coxedge's final game and 100th game? Um, and I think 100th. for, um, uh, for, for, for Kendra, I'm not sure about so if it was 100th game for the other, for the other um, player or not. Yes, there was one of the one of the Black Ferns front rowers. I think was also maybe playing her final game for uh, for for Canterbury as well. But uh, yeah, they, they've, listen, they've probably been the benchmark for a very long time. Although take into account they did get beaten in uh, in last year's final, but uh, I I always suspect um, they were going to be hard to beat given given what was on the line for a couple of these uh, ladies who were playing their final games. Yeah, and also they've got the, as you say, they've got the experience. They're there or thereabouts in every uh, every year for. Um, so, sure, they missed out last year, but they they did top the table last year. Hence, they hosted that. Pardon me, that final. So, um, even when they did lose it, they were still um, the number one seed. So, um, yeah, crack, cracking setup they've got down there in um, Canterbury. Um, I just it having seen how they didn't perform in Super Rugby Alpaki, um, I did wonder how they would go. Uh, and, and whether the, the uh, sort of tide had turned down there, um, but, um, uh, but so congratulations on that one. When was the game on? I didn't even see anything. It says Aaron. Um, I'll quickly check on the old Tribe Sports app, which is our bible for um, this uh, kind of stuff. Um, and um, both games were on Saturday, um, and it doesn't have the time on here. Uh, it does normally, but uh, uh, it does when you kind of. Um, so I don't know. I can't remember when, when they were, but both both games were on Saturday, um, and uh, I, I know I was sort of travelling around and uh, heading up to watch um, counties on Saturday. So I didn't actually catch these because um, I was driving at the time. But Paul, 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 one thing I will will say: I know that the uh, the uh, championship was decided in the Farrah Palmer Cup. Obviously, uh, Hawks Bay Tui coming up coming up with the goods. Now that, I think that was a bit of a surprise to everybody because Otago had looked nigh unbeatable um leading into leading into these playoffs they'd sort of just they put away or disposed of everybody quite quite convincingly so you know i thought it was really dare i say it a, a fate complete absolutely I, I i i couldn't i couldn't see past otago um winning that final but so uh, yeah congratulations yeah very fantastic result for the uh hawks bay to pull it out in the one game that um, that mattered uh, there for them um i didn't catch any of the sevens rugby world cup did you um, no, not 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 really. I, I suppose it was just on at on at an awkward time, and I, I'm not too sure if Sky were actually covering the covering were actually covering the the event. So, like most people, you've just got to rely on Tribe and and uh, other reports through through other other avenues. So, uh, yeah, it was a little, little a little disappointed to 
to, to, to say the least, um, that we didn't get that coverage. But, um, gee, in the scheme of things, if we start with That's the World Cup. No, 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 no blame on Sky here. That's because Spark have got the World Cups. Mm, World Cup rights, yeah. Yep. You know, um, just starting with the... Uh, with the uh, female final because that was was the uh, the, f- the first final this morning. You know, they've been the Black Ferns have been pretty convincing up to that final, but you just felt with the Australians, the Australians just seem to have the wood on, wood on the uh, Black Ferns at this time. Some very very good good athletes in this uh, Australian team. Yep, absolutely. So uh, so yeah, so we'll um, move on from um, uh, from from that one. Um, interesting. So um. The uh, some of the money from it's a little new section now. Some of the money from the old, um, not the old or the new uh, Silver Lake deal um, is starting to trickle out to the uh, or starting to come out to the provinces um, and also to uh, various um, uh, rugby uh, or rugby rugby clubs. Um, I have lined up an interview next week with um, Aaron. I've gone blank as the guy's surname. This is bad, isn't it? Um, who is the um, CEO of uh, counties Manukau, and um, we're going to ask him. I have a chat with him about what uh, uh, what the provinces are doing with the um, uh, with the Silver Lake money that they've uh, received, uh, and uh, how the money will actually increase participation. Because if you remember, uh, all of the talk around this was that, um, uh, that that we need money to fund participation in uh, New Zealand rugby, and that's what uh, that, that's what needs to save um, the sport. Um, now there was a uh, uh, what a review of the um, or not review I've got an audit um, of the deal by Pricewaterhouse Coopers who said actually yeah you don't need the money right now um, but uh, so it's whilst there are risks on the whole it, it looks like a positive um, uh, deal uh, so um, so interesting there so we'll be interesting to have a um, look uh, or have a chat to him um, I'll see if I can line up some of the other CEOs that we've got contacts with in the uh, provincial unions. Um, to have those chats about how they're intending to spend their money. Um, and um, uh, Aaron Lawton, thank you very much, Stephen, uh, in the live chat there. Um, the um, So, um, uh, so yes, so we'll be, uh, so we'll have a um, uh, uh, see as to how, as, as to how that money uh, is being spent. And that will probably come out as a supporters special, folks. We've got to become a supporter of New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, check out the link on the screen below there, patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Um, I must admit, I have not been putting out many videos for supporters only, uh, but I say with those coming up, that's what we'll be, uh, I'll be looking at seeing if I can put some of those videos um, together for you on that one. Um, now, a show I, must, I didn't see, but there's apparently been some discussion around um, schoolboy rugby and uh, and apparently New Zealand rugby is, 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 t- is uh, having a look at that, Stephen. I mean, schoolboy rugby, look, a, a Lawrence of their own. Uh, I think it's probably how it's been uh, historically uh, and how it is currently. Um, we've uh, seen various um, uh, things come out by New Zealand rugby about making the game safer for the community uh, and for youth levels. Um, and uh, the uh, generally uh, those ones have come out with a oh it's optional for first 15 on the grounds that uh, essentially those schools will turn around and go no we're not doing it anyway if uh, New Zealand Rugby did try to impose um, those uh, those those laws on the um, on the schools um, so Stephen are you happy with the the, um, the New Zealand Rugby uh, or are you happy with how school school boy rugby is currently in? Set up in New Zealand, or do you think it does need a little bit of a, a review? 
Oh, listen, Paul, it's almost a case of the, the train has well and truly on the way to Timbuktu and it, it left a long it left a long time ago. If if you know what I mean. Don't don't worry, I won't I won't quote the uh the, the honey badger joke about Timbuktu, but uh you know, I, I I think it's just a little late in the piece. I think something could have been done quite a long ago. I think this has not been identified as a problem for a very long time. And you'll probably find a lot of the, a lot of these schools who have, who have got academies. You know, they've got they they realise they've got access to, to funding. If they can get more funding into the school, that means they can attract more students to the school, offer out scholarships, etc. So it's going to take a a heck of a change. But you certainly can't go in there with a with 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 an attitude of um, of of empowerment. I think it's you, you, you've got to go in. With a with an attitude of of sharing, Paul. You know what what we what what can we do to basically help 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 your school to um to to improve the numbers that are actually playing the game, and you can maybe utilise. So, for example, uh, become a conduit with a local local uh, rugby club and get those and get those kids involved, especially especially for the ones who have basically decided. You know. I can't make I can't make first fifteen. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm certainly not gonna. Um, probably look at this as a as a income. You know, as some way of getting an income moving forward. But you want to try and keep those kids in the game somehow, some way, both male and female. Yeah, and also right, so school school rugby uh, is bad for male participation. Just marketing for schools, not the game and players. Uh, yeah, and it is is for a. Probably about ten schools throughout the country, um, or, or slightly more than that, and, and then for everyone else, um, I think it's it's because kind of that's something that uh, they, they they don't have academies for, and it's more just about trying to uh, have it as a sport amongst other sports for for the kids at that school. Obviously, rugby being um, the uh, biggest sport historically in New Zealand. So um, it's, it's it's funny, isn't it, that we 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 caught up on um, on Sunday for a coffee. Uh, you, you uh, myself, and uh, and Ashwin as well. Uh, and one of the things we talked about was schoolboy rugby and how, or well, not schoolboy rugby, but school rugby actually. Because we were talking about schoolboy and schoolgirl rugby, and how the provinces, uh, provincial unions, needed to get rugby development officers in the schools, um, make sure that there is a uh, a boys and a girls team at every age grade, so that we have got that supply of players coming into club rugby, uh, both male and female, uh, to keep those clubs. Uh, with 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 high participation rates, uh, keep them um, and, and keep 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 them uh, what's the word? Uh, keep, keep them active and growing. Um, so yeah, so funny that uh, topics we were talking about at the weekend were brought up on uh, or brought up and talked about on TV um, yeah. the following day. Maybe they yeah. maybe, maybe they've got uh, they've got they've got spy devices um, and, and they've been they've been eavesdropping on us, Steve. Yeah, that 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 was that was really crazy. Um, that that did give me a, a little bit of a shock that that subject should actually pop up after we had sort of uh, previously spoke spoken about it. Yeah, it, it's 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 a real it's a real interesting one. I um, I'm, listen. I think one of the one of the problems that that we probably do have is just having the volunteers. Once upon a time, you had a you know from a lot of the, the teaching people who are involved in teaching also had an interest in rugby. I don't know if they have that same interest in anymore. You're a lot more pressure on teachers. And I think if the rugby union take, took that approach of, hey, we're here to actually support your school 
you know we don't we don't you know especially with those with those teacher teachers they got more of a concentration on the, the tertiary side of education as opposed to sport i actually think that's that's the way to go yeah on the academic side rather than tertiary side but yes i know what you mean um the um but um yeah actually i i, I think that the, the days of relying i mean uh, volunteers are our keys to the game folks don't get me wrong um but i think those volunteers need to be backed up um with paid people um who can make it as easy as possible for those volunteers and clubs need to and, and also can make sure that there is a number of volunteers rather than having one volunteer doing all the work at a club um because that will just um, burn them out and, and collapse so i think um yes having a paid for rugby development officer by the by the provincial union or by the local club and if you build up the numbers of players at the clubs um, and they get their um, part, they get their fees, their, their subs each year. Then, if they build up that, that that income stream, then the clubs can afford to have a rugby development officer that works with the school to provide that 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 um, that, that uh, flow of players, and it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy, um, which is a self fulfilling system, which is what I think we need to do. But we'll see um, how that um, happens. Um, sorry, society has changed a lot since um, Rogernomics. Um, time is rare and community is is weakened yeah and uh, and uh, we, we can either say yes that's what it is and just throw up our hands and go it's impossible to deal with um or we can look at some um, uh at, at how do we try and re-strengthen those and how do we work with the situation that it is and try and make it as strong as possible so um yeah uh those those um those, that, that to me is how you how you got to look at it yeah, Paul. Also, you know, there's a real issue with truancy in in, in New Zealand, where obviously a lot of children not um, attending attending classes. So maybe there's an opportunity also to to push them into into a bit of sport as well, and you know, um, get get them get them moving, get them get them feeling good about themselves, and you know, maybe help it can help to put some kids back on track as well. Yep. Not uh, surprisingly, weekend work takes a lot of, a lot of club players out of the game. Yep, it does absolutely. Um, so uh, one of the problems that uh, uh, a, a club like Waihi, which is my local club, um, has is that uh, it's a mining town. And so people, are the uh, if you look at the t- the makeup of the players, uh, on the whole, they are either tradies, um, uh, um, farmers, or um, or miners. Now the miners, they work seven days on, seven days off shifts, and so hence they can only play every other weekend. Um, Similar sort of thing uh, has a, a problem for Cobras Tiaraha in the Thames Valley region where they've got the meat works. And again, the meat works runs uh, has shifts running through the weekend. So again, players only available every other week. So uh, the, yeah, there are problems there. And I think it's if you're a um, if you are a rugby club, uh, then and one of your major employers in the town uh, is one of those sort of companies. You've got to try and work with them and get to say, hey, look, it's good for the community. It's good for your standing in the community if you release players and we can. Uh, and we can sort of make a little bit of a song and dance and say thank you once or twice a season um, via our social ma- social media pieces um, or, or, or whatever. Uh, so there's a ways of working with those companies um, there. But uh, yes, it is it definitely uh, uh, yeah, times times have changed. It's not a nine to five Monday to Friday work week for everybody, uh, and uh, it's, and rugby's going to move with that. So do we also have a a midweek league and a weekend league? Do do some provinces run two leagues? Um, like that uh, to, to, to accommodate um, some weekend workers as well. So maybe there are different ways around this rather than just trying to say rugby has to be played at three o'clock on a Saturday. And that's when it is, and that's when it will be. Um, there's a, yeah, maybe maybe there needs to be a bit more uh, thinking outside the box, using a bit of blue sky thinking to brainstorm this, but make sure we don't boil the ocean. 
I, I, I like that idea, Paul. You know, who said that club rugby has to kick off at? You're right at three o'clock in the afternoon on a, on a Saturday afternoon. Can't it be a Sunday or can it be a <clears throat> can it be a Friday evening? So you can maybe free the free the weekends up. I know, maybe you know a lot of people might say, well, it's a little bit a little bit difficult Friday. It's it's late after the work, but I think you've got to. I think your your first important caller has got to be for the people that you, you you've got playing the game. What's convenient to them? Absolutely, as you say, it, it's whilst it's late after work for some people, for other people, it's their day off. <laughs> so um, it's a bit of swings and roundabouts, yeah, on those sort of things. Um, the uh, final bit of sort of news that um, I want to talk about is we had uh, a minute silence um, at uh, all the games over the uh, weekend, or a moment silence over the weekend, um, not just for. Uh, Her Majesty the Queen, uh, Queen Elizabeth of England, um, but also um, for a uh, certain player called Willie, uh, ex-player, uh, international and commentator called Willie Luce, um, who um, uh, who uh, has been uh, involved and part of the game here in New Zealand uh, and around the world um, for many years. He's been on the Southern Circuit as a as a, as a commentator, so a lot of people um, around the world will recognise um, his uh, his voice, not just us here in um, New Zealand. So sad to hear about his sudden passing um, over in uh, South Africa, where he was there to work uh, uh, as a commentator um, on the um, the, uh, the Sevens Rugby World Cup. Um, uh, I uh, had met Willie a, a couple of times. Uh, you see there's a jersey there, a framed signed jersey um, behind me. That uh, framed jersey is the uh, Aliens rugby team from the uh, Hong Kong Tens back in, which year was it? Um, Back in uh, 2009, and uh, Willie Luce, along with a, a ex-Canadian national player, who I must admit, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name now, um, used to take a team to the Hong Kong Tens, which is a tournament that happened around the uh, happened the week before the Hong Kong Sevens, um, and he would take um, a, a bunch of um, uh, what's the uh, of, of um, fringe Super Rugby or young players, uh, and given this experience overseas would get sponsorship and stuff so that uh, they could do it for free. So there would be uh, MPC or fringe Super Rugby players. Um, so uh, congr- so great to see that he, uh, a man who was who was very much part of rugby, yes, he had the uh, public piece and made a living out of it, but also he gave back via um, things like that Hong Kong um, Tens, sort of like the, that, that team he took to the Hong Kong Tens. Obviously, he was, he was there to then commentate afterwards on the Sevens. But uh, um, yeah, a great rugby guy. Um, played for Tonga at um, the Rugby World Cup and uh, real sad uh, to see a man go far too early uh, in uh, in his life soon. Oh, listen, very much so. When this uh, news came through, it, it, it was very much a, a shock. I'd sort of known Willie for over, over 30 years, and that's primarily I first heard of him at uh, Kelston Boys, which is literally a stone's throw from where I'm sitting down doing, doing this show. I'd seen Willie as a... Um, as a lock loose forward who was also a skip, skipper of Calston boys, but went on to play for the New Zealand uh, secondary schools, New Zealand under 21 in uh, 1988. And of course he progressed on to uh, um, having played for Watermatta premiers between 1993, but also progressed on uh, to uh, playing for both Auckland and Auckland during that time. And he moved to Harbour, played for East Coast Bays on the North Shore and Julie Rimp represented uh, North Harbour on 17 occasions. And he actually did a, he, he actually had one game for Marlborough as well. And that was in uh, in 2000 and 
and won. And I think that was pretty much after his overseas t- stints that he had. And he had three overseas stint- stints, two in, uh, in, in Italy between 89 and 90. That was Rugby Prato and also Messina Rugby 1992 to 1993. But of course, he, he etched out most of his career at Yamaha in Japan between 96 and 2001 where he basically met his uh, his future wife they had a couple of children and uh, well he also speaks fluent Japanese very very well well did speak fluent Japanese very well so very very talented guy I was fortunate enough also also during those times to work with him at uh, at Coca-Cola and he certainly was the life he certainly lit up a room when he uh, walked into it, and let's not forget, you're right, he captained Tonga at the 1995 World Cup. So in the grand scheme of things, not a bad sort of CV, Paul, uh, you know, when, when you think about it. And then you think about his, his broadcasting career and where that's taken him around the world. Boy, that's a lot to pack in in, in 55, 55 years. But, uh, yeah, gone far, far too soon. Gone far, far too soon, I should say. And um, our thoughts and prayers are with... Uh, Willie's whanau and friends and um, listen, I'm just down the road from their, their old homestead as well, which I, I passed yesterday and yeah, you can just see that the masses are starting to uh, to gather at this time and uh, yeah, there's a lot of people hurting at the moment, uh, um, Paul, and not just myself, but many other people across the rugby. Obviously touched a lot of people as well. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. And uh, there's a little point for that for people who are from... Um, from overseas, you know, overseas. Uh, Marlborough uh, has a province that has rolled up into um, Tasman um, nowadays. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, merged with um, Nelson, I guess. Was it Nelson? No, hang on. Yeah, yeah, Nelson. yeah, yeah, yeah. Marlborough, yeah, Marlborough, Nelson, and uh, they became Tasman. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go, folks. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I won that jersey uh, at, at an auction um, that uh, they were doing to help fundraise for that um, uh, for that team and that we was there as well. And then, uh, bumped into him when I worked at Sky for a short while uh, in the IT department. Um, so yeah, so and uh, said hi to him there. So yep, yeah, so very sad. Um, moving on then um, to uh, the uh, to the um, MPC that um, happened um, at the um, weekend. Uh, so uh, I was um, on Friday night. Um, I got along to um, Waikato versus Auckland. Um, that uh, finished 32-15, and boy, oh boy, this was a uh, a bit of a, uh, a strange um, game, um, really. Uh, and um, in the, um, the, the in the second half uh, was um, a very poor performance um, by Auckland, who uh, collectively and look, I, I'm, I'm sure, and, and uh, all the players put in the effort. They were all trying to win. Don't get me wrong. Um, the and, and that all players always do. So when, we, when people say, "Oh, they didn't look interested," people, players are always interested and, and, and trying their trying their best. Um, well, that's, uh, on, on the vast majority of occasions. And so, um, but the uh, what what came across in this one is that um, the uh, Auckland just seemed to press the self destruct button in that second half, um, whilst individual players were making some timely intercepts or so, or charging back and making tackles. Too many times they were just knocked on balls um, and uh, losing uh, and losing uh, uh, yeah, losing possession and giving um, uh, Waikato opportunities. Waikato should, if they've been on a good night, have won this, have, have, have knocked over at least fifty points. Um, so it wasn't a a vintage performance by Waikato, um, but um, but it does mean that they are still undefeated, Stephen, um, in, uh, oh. in in this competition, uh, and, and are and are tracking very well. 
Oh, listen, Paul, if anything, they're showing that last year's title win was no fluke, despite uh, three teams not, not being there and locked, locked, out by, locked out by COVID. But I think the big, I think the big thing for me comes back to connection. Waikato looked like they had connection. You know, whenever the, whenever there was turnover ball, they moved that ball very quickly. They moved it very well. They they identified space brilliantly with nice little short passes, and they always seemed to get out on the outside of outside of Auckland. And you, you know, when you've got some real pace in your back three, Coombs, Fambling, Simpkinson, and Tapia Cook Savage, who's just so good on uh, with his with his footwork. Um, and you've got uh, Damien McKenzie and Xavier Rowe, who I thought outplayed their opposites uh, quite easily. But, you know, that's on the back of a pack that just worked really, really hard. And right to the core of that was probably Reese Marshall at hooker, who just, he seemed like the everywhere man in this game. And, um, you know, speaking of hooker, hookers, and we'll get to that, it really was a weekend for hookers. It was. Let's listen to um, Ross Filippo post-game, and then we will have, after that, I've got a chat with them. Um, Two players, uh, including one of those speedsters, uh, and uh, a player also scoring his uh, debut try. We'll kick off first with um, Ross Filippo, the head coach of Waikato. Here we are after um, Waikato versus Auckland FC with head coach of um, Waikato. Ross, uh, so what were your um, initial takeaways uh, or thoughts from that game? Um, oh, I thought, you know, overall it was, uh, I was really happy with the performance of the guys. Um, we'd felt like, um, and Weeks coming into this game, that you know we'd been doing some things really well with the ball, but we'd kind of been stuttering along. Um, today was the first time that I probably saw a, a you know flow appear amongst the boys with the ball in hand. Um, there were times where things probably got a little bit loose, and we probably needed to show a bit more composure and, and, and be a bit more direct, and then just build a, a couple of phases. But um, you know you could see the team were, were making a lot of opportunities. I, I guess the the work on for us now is to, to temper that with you know a bit of composure and then also probably look at finishing off a number of those opportunities that we created. Yeah, I mean, some, some great uh, game, game line breaks. I mean, you went close um, uh, even before the, the, the first penalty, but that last ball didn't seem to go away. There seemed to be, uh, yeah, perhaps over-enthusiasm, a few uh, sort of book, uh, passes get hit into grass in that first half. Yeah. Uh, and then also... Uh, just letting them back in every time after you scored. Yeah. Uh, your, your restarts perhaps uh, were a little bit um, yeah, there, we didn't, concerned. We didn't quite nail that part of the field tonight. Um, and whether that was through um, kick-off receipts or when we had line-outs in our half and we, we had a couple of, um, you know, just, uh, just just small errors. But, it, you know, it definitely put the, pas- uh, the pressure back on us. Um, you know, we'll definitely make sure that we tidy that up before before next week because it was it was all created through our own kind of um, mistakes. So um, I'm, the boys are really good at um, you know filtering through their game and being honest around uh, what went well and what didn't. And you know, I've got a dedicated bunch that 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 are really kind of um, you know invested in getting better each week. So you're still the, or you, you managed to maintain that record of being the only undefeated team so far this season. So congratulations on that. Um, with this being a storm week with Manawatu on Friday, on Wednesday, how did that uh, sort of alter selection? Have you had to rest some players? I mean, how, how have you sort of managed that? Uh, knowing oh, you've got Southland, two games? We've got Southland on Southland Wednesday. Yeah, Southland. On I'm sorry, Wednesday. I'm sorry, Southland. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to Manawatu tomorrow night. That's right. Oh yeah, County's Manawatu tomorrow yeah, is right, so where I'm going. Um, yeah, but yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah, so you got Southland on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean we're gonna we're gonna have to make sure that we a first see what the wash up of bodies is. 
tomorrow, B, um, you know, we've got a strategy that we're going to apply for the for, for the Storm Week and, and this, I guess, it's my first time doing it as a coach. Um, we've, we've had a bit of feedback from other people who have done Storm Weeks in the past, so uh, we've just tried to see what's going to really be best for our group. Um, there probably will be a bit of rotation of personnel, but um, we just still want to make sure that we're, we're putting out a cohesive group that's competitive. Yeah, one of the things we've heard, I've heard from, from players and uh, even some coaches that actually they enjoy storm weeks because uh, there means less training, actually more playing, and, the, and you, I suppose you, you come into this to play. Uh, if you, if you, is there that kind of feel among, among, the, among the players? Yeah, you kind of just like, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, an NBA player, isn't it? You know, you play Monday, play Wednesday, and you might slip in one training or something in between, but it's, it's, a, it's a bit lighter and it's more focused around just on preparing the body to play again. Well, th uh, congratulations on the win. Thank you so much for, for taking the time out to talk to me uh, after the game, and I'll see you again Always. on Wednesday. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you, mate. Um, so, yeah, so interesting one there. And I think uh, something you'll, 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 you'll see when I, I talk to uh, some coaches after the um, Man uh, the, the, the Counters Man of Two game as well is that quite a lot of these coaches um, haven't done Storm Weeks before as coaches. Um, and uh, some of the things that we've, that so you kind of forget that uh, it's only been about two seasons when we haven't had them. But uh, in those two seasons, uh, a lot of the institutional knowledge around how to deal with those storm weeks has disappeared. So, uh, yeah, interesting one um, around that. Next up, one of those speedsters then, um, Daniel Sinkinson, uh, who is having a cracking season uh, this year. I think it's his second or, uh, or, or second season of last year, a bit of a, 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 a changed up. After Waikato um, versus Auckland in the NPC with a, uh, a big win for Waikato. Um, so, uh, look... How are you finding uh, your, your second season? You got obviously a couple of starts last year, but this year um, you've, you've got you've nailed yourself a starting role. That eleven jersey is yours. Um, how are you finding that? Yeah, no, I'm just loving the footy at the moment. Eh? Uh, the boys are making it real easy, just backing me out there, and yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun, yeah. um, and it must be good fun because you know, you've got some lovely rampaging runs. Actually, I've, sorry, I haven't actually seen you know Daniel Sinkinson here um, <laughs> for, for my um, You got some great breaks down that uh, left side, and then also you came off your wing to the other side, showing you got plenty of work rate to um, to stroll over for the first try as well. Yeah, yeah it felt bad for Coombs, yeah, it was a try, <laughs> but nah, as well as was just there in the moment. So, yeah. and uh, and coming off, um, off off club rugby into uh, into this way obviously having I, i'm assuming you got some sort of full-time or some sort of job at the same time as doing club rugby how is it uh, that transition from being sort of part-time to, to to sort of kind of trying to be full-time for for the sort of 12 or so weeks of uh, of mpc how are you finding that you yeah, know it's good i got a pretty good boss who's pretty lenient for letting me off work and he just made it so much easier to uh, if i need to get called on you know just come on straight away no questions asked and yeah so as I said, coming here, all the boys are so helpful, so it makes it so much more easier. And uh, you're knocking around with players like uh, Damon McKenzie and um, Liam Messam, who have uh, got a little bit of experience. So how you found sort of learning off them and how to be, I guess, transition from just being a rugby player to being a, a professional rugby player? You know, it's good, eh? Just with those boys, just being a sponge and learning as much as I can. I'm pretty sure Hunger actually debuted when I was one. So... <laughs> To be here playing with them now, it's pretty special, and yeah, like with Damo as well, it's good just having them around. So there you go, playing with players who are old enough to be his dad. Um, the, um, <laughs> yeah. um, talking of sort of family and stuff, um, are you related to a, uh, a certain Welsh player, um, Brett Sinkinson? Yeah, he's actually my uncle, my dad's brother, so he lives over in Papamoa and works over there, yeah. Okay, so the, so rugby runs through the family then, and uh, uh, there, because uh, played, for, played for Wales, um, some issues as to kind of where his grandparents were born and or not born, but we won't go into that with uh, yeah. 
with you there. So, uh, your dad, you're from a rugby family? Yeah, yeah, we all grew up playing rugby up in Thames Valley, and yeah, it's kind of just what we do. Me and my brother playing rugby on the farm since we were kids, and yeah, it's just it's the way. There you go, and he's been nicked. He should be playing for the Swamp Foxes. That's the, uh, <laughs> see, there we go, um, being obviously from, from Waihee here and uh, myself. So um, thanks for your time. Uh, it's great seeing you running around and enjoying yourself so much on the pitch, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, cheers, thank you. Thanks cheers. for having me. The, um, so, so yeah, some from a, a, a club family, farming family um, as well. So yes, get the uh, like like the Barretts, get the um, uh, get, get the rugby posts up in the uh, in the paddock and um, running around with uh, with his brother, um, pretending to be uh, to be an All Black and uh, slowly making his way up into um, uh, it, it through the freshman game season. Yeah, listen, and boy, he's got a little bit of speed as well, eh? You know, you saw him in a, in a little bit of open territory, and you know, and we we know that Coombs Fabling is quick, and you throw in the the, the snappy footwork of Tapia Cook Savage, and man, I, I. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I don't know what it is, but, you know, they, they potentially look stronger than they were last year and even more impressively. You know, both those wingers are keeping uh, Mosesi Dawai, who was a regular feature in this Waikato team last year. So, uh, man, looking good. You know, um, only Canterbury's picked up more points with, uh, the, the, but they have uh, Canterbury have got a game game in hand. So Waikato looking good, unbeaten, and un, only unbeaten this team this season, like you like you say, with yep. that draw and uh, sitting on draw in the opening round. That's right. Yep. yep. Sitting on twenty five points, looking good, mate. And finally, we have a very quick listen to um, Patrick McCurran, who was another um, young boy, young young guy uh, in his in his uh, debut season, and also picked up his uh, debut meat pie. Patrick McCurran after Waikato versus uh, Auckland in uh, the uh, the MPC, um, and uh, you got on there today. Uh, obviously, good to have get on the pitch when you when you when your team's up and uh, and, and leading. But uh, not only that, you decided to uh, grab yourself a meat pie as well. Yeah, exactly. Always good uh, when the boys got momentum, uh, dominant on attack. Um, good to slot in at uh, a nice time, and then yeah, just running a line off Tapia, who had a great game. So happy to get my first try. And uh, how are you finding playing uh, at MPC level with players like, running, running alongside players like uh, Dave McKenzie, Liam Messam, who have got a few uh, a few All Blacks caps here and there, and yourself, I guess, coming off the back of, a, of, of club rugby. Um, how are you? How are you finding it? Yeah, exactly. It's pretty surreal um, just having those big names, legends of the game, uh, out next to you, playing with you, um, and then me coming from club rugby, um, bit of a step up, but 
those those boys who have played and experienced have been really supportive of me. So um, I'm glad for all that support and happy to be playing beside them. And uh, just not just um, I guess learning rugby skills, but also. Uh, sort of strength and conditioning skills, you'll be learning a lot about how to prepare your body, how to um, sort of relax or, or, or recover during the week? Yes, there's a big emphasis on the recovery, nutrition uh, and the gym stuff, so definitely learning a lot of uh, the trainers on optimal uh, training regimes and things like that, learning different uh, exercises and ways to get me ready and best in shape for each game. And uh, how are you finding the, uh, obviously the physicality will be a step up, so how are you finding all the bumps and bruises and the, the well, the uh, equivalent of a 60 mile an hour car crash um, collisions? Yeah, um, that's the sort of stuff I, I enjoy and relish, and I think it's part of my strength is in around that uh, tackle area, so um, something I do enjoy, always um, saw the day after, but um, all part of it, so happy. That's fantastic to hear, folks. If you haven't read my, uh, I did a week in the life of a rugby player, and basically it seems to spend about four days recovering and three days, sort of, or two days training ahead of um, actually uh, actually paying because it is it is such a, a collision sport. But you've got a game now on Wednesday, so uh, uh, have you thought about how to how that's going to mess things up, being a being a storm week and having playing sort of Friday, Wednesday, and then uh, next weekend as well? Yeah, we've had a wee chat about it, trying to focus on game by game, but we know that there's two uh, games pretty close to each other, well three games including the Otago one, so um, recover well really, um, starting tonight, starting post game, so um, yeah, the trainers will sort us out and they've got a schedule, so we know what to do really, we just show up. <laughs> just show up and not too many biz nights to uh, to celebrate because of the other the other game coming up. Exactly. Um, but uh, look, it's, it's great to see you having a smile on your face and running around there. I guess um, also having one draw and uh, I think it's five or six wins now on the bounce uh, is, is is a nice way to go about the season as well. Having not been beaten yet. Yeah, exactly. Always nice to um, keep winning and keep getting those Ws, playing pretty well. So as long as we can keep going each game, and um, that's all we're after. So it's all about end of the season. So we just need to keep improving and getting better. Yep, keep the eye on the prize. It's all about finals footy and my, my, my thing's all going wobbly and I can't get myself back on screen. Um, but there we go. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's great to see you, uh, see you smile and I'll uh, be back here to watch you guys on, uh, on Wednesday when you uh, take on Southland. Thanks very much. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. Yeah, I'm very impressed with how he, uh, how he talked in that one for, 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 a, uh, for a young player who hasn't had any media experience. He was uh, uh, very eloquent. So yeah, so uh, good to see the young players um, uh, smiling and enjoying um, the, uh, the 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 rugby there. Yeah, I, I, thought, I, I thought he was very thoughtful about the way he, you know, each question you 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 dished up to him. He really really thought long and hard about it, and um, and and you can just see that um, he's just loving being around the, around these guys. And um, just standing beside you, he, he's not the biggest loose forward you, you'd ever you'd ever see, but boy, he he certainly puts his body about, doesn't he? Yep, and uh, with long flowing red locks, uh, bits, a bit of bit of Tom Robinson about him maybe. Um, but you say not 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 quite as tall. We won't see him in the row, I don't think. Uh, we'll just yeah, but uh, as as a as, as a Lucy. Uh, moving on then, Grandfrey Shield on uh, Saturday with Hawks Bay retaining the shield, beating uh, Southland sixty nine to uh, twenty four. Southland with that Grandfrey Shield game, um, then with um, Waikato um, coming up as, as a, a, a midweek game. And then, and then also playing Bay of Plenty away um, uh, the following week. So three away games on the bounce for their Storm Week, um, really making it tough for the uh, boys down there in in Southland. Um, and uh, yeah, Scott said it's going to be a, a tough week um, for the uh, 
um, for the Stags. Uh, perhaps a, a little overly tough, um, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. You know, listen, when you do have a storm week or when you do meet these tough encounters, having depth in specific areas is, is, is very, very important. And uh, listen, the Stags started pretty well. In this in the shield challenge, they um they defended really really well. I thought in the first several minutes, and then they got they got an opportunity to score, and they took it they took it straight away. But boy, I think that's about the only time they actually led it led in the game because from there on out, Hawks Bay got their game uh, rolling. And uh, the thing that basically really really killed um, Southland is just this offloading ability that Hawks Bay seem to have at the moment, and they can really hurt you from anywhere. On the paddock, um, and even their forwards are, are really, really good ball players. And they, yep, they're going to be. They're, it's going to take some sort of team to, to knock them off. I don't know if I can, if any team is capable of beating them. Beating them certainly at home. We know that they're probably a bit vulnerable when they go on the road, but you can see that shield means a, a whole heck to them. Um, Southland at halftime, twenty-four seventeen. They might have thought they were a bit of a bit of a chance, but. Um, in, in, in reality, Paul, um, I think we probably all knew what was coming with the Hawks Bay with the wind behind them in the second half. You, 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 you basically knew they'd come out firing and they took that game away from Southland very, very quickly. Yeah, so Hawks Bay have uh, got Wellington and Tasman as their final two shield defences. Obviously, Tasman on the assumption that they, that they do defend against um, Wellington. But look, they got the big win this time, but... Um, they know how to grind it out 25-23 against North Harbour, um, 33-32 against Counties. They just know how to win a game, um, even mm. when it gets close at home. So, uh, yeah, it, you just say, very hard to see a, a, a Wellington and Tasman teams, two teams not travelling great this year. Um, Wellington better than, than Tasman. Um, but, uh, yeah, so not, uh, if, yeah not, not one of the top teams coming to town, not like a Waikato or something like that, where you could say, oh, that's going to be a tasty one. Um, this uh, those two uh, yeah two sides at Hawks Bay will will feel confident they can uh, they can defend the shield um, mm -hmm. against the Southland. Look, three game a storm week where all three of your games are away, all three of the games are in the Upper North Island. Um, yeah, a bit of a nightmare for them um, from uh, so uh, not Upper North Hawks Bay sorry, isn't Upper North Island, but all of them in the North Island. So all long journeys, having to go home, come back um, for the boys to some of the boys to have to go back to work. And then expect them to do long, these three long trips um, for what is one of the smaller provinces. I think is bad scheduling by the um, by, by by New Zealand rugby. So um, yeah, I think they've, uh, they've they've got that one wrong, um, and uh, it's they're, they're making they're, they're, they're making uh, some of the smaller provinces go through some very tough times. And we mm -hmm. saw that with Manawa two in the opening week, um, where they had to where they were um, at home to Canterbury, then. Uh, they had Canterbury, Auckland, um, and then uh, North Harbour. So two, two, two of the historically biggest teams in the competition. Followed. Now, initially, they, they were at home, um, which helped them from that point of view. But even so, um, to give the smaller provinces a chance uh, or, or a, a, a more competitive chance, you want competitive games. And I'm, I'm not sure that the, the scheduling has really helped uh, has helped them this year. Mm. Um, moving on to that, North Harbour versus Bay of Plenty. I was driving during this one, so I must admit I've not seen it. Um, cracking win for Bay of Plenty, 34 to, um, to 48. Um, look, um, Harbour aside, they're traveling, have been traveling pretty well. I mean, um, three wins, uh, three losses going into this one. Um, Bay of Plenty, um, with uh, three wins and two losses going into this one. So, two teams 
you thought were going to be pretty competitive and close. And uh, uh, but um, but uh, uh, yeah, fourteen point win or a two score win there um, for Bay of Plenty over Harbour. Um, look, I heard and a pretty high scoring one. Um, I, heard, I yeah, some um, heard that uh, yeah, Harbour perhaps uh, too many errors uh, and perhaps too reliant on a on a uh, uh, on, a, on, a, on an attacking back three to to, to score miracle, miracle tries and to pull them out of the fire. Yeah, Paul. Uh, a lot, they were relying on a lot of individual brilliance. And listen, in a in a in a losing effort, Mark Talia was just absolutely fantastic, and he was popping up all over the place in the forwards, um, doing pick and pick and goes. He he was doing his doing it doing his dances to to try and get them get them over the line. Unfortunately, they in this game this game was well and truly over by by half time. Even 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 though uh, Bryn Gatlin kicked the penalty early in the, the second half at 24-10, uh, Bay of Plenty looked the better team. They looked they, once again they just looked more connected um, doing the team thing. And the thing, you know, once again their their senior players all stood up. Kurt Eklund who scored a um, a hat trick of tries, and of course, you know, the boy, and you'd think. Geez, is he the first hooker to score three tries this weekend? Well, he wasn't because uh, Tyrone Thompson scored three, three for for Hawks Bay in the in the in the previous Shield Challenge. So, like us, like we said before, it was a weekend for the hookers, and they really, really were out out outstanding. You know, there were some real eye catching performances. Uh, um, none more than Kurt Eklund's um, Justin Sangster just seems to be going from strength to strength at lock. In fact, um, Selby Rickett. They, their set piece was way better than than Harbour's Harbour Harbour at set piece lineout actually struggled. Although they probably Harbour at times had it maybe an edge at at scrum time, but it, it kind of evened it evened itself out. Um, make no mistake, this is a very very good uh, Bay of Plenty team, and if they keep uh, trending in this direction, they'll be going down the down the right way. Um, listen, another guys to have a good game there, yeah, Sean Stevenson. Once again, you you see this guy's vast array of skills and I just wonder I, I do wonder how long he'll stick around in, in New Zealand rugby with uh, international rugby seemingly um, if you look at some of the, the the players that are the roadblock that he's got in front of him in that number 15 jersey especially at all black level um, I just wonder if there's too many seasons left for Sean Stevenson in New Zealand yeah I have to say I mean look, some players um and it comes down to personal choices whether you want to go overseas or not, how much you want to stay around family um, and uh, and things in New Zealand, and how much does is how how much is that important to you compared to uh, how much necessarily dollar figures are um, important to you. So we'll see how how he goes. But you say yeah, uh, someone who um, uh, I think has come on leaps and bounds this year. Uh, we saw him for the um, for the, uh, the the Maori All Blacks um, play cracking well, uh, cracking well as well, uh, which will have um, as you say, uh, which which would have been a good shot window for him. To European or Northern Hemisphere um, clubs because they would have watched um, the Maori All Blacks play Ireland, whereas they might not have watched them play Fiji or uh, some of the other sides, for example. And therefore, uh, say put it, he's put himself out nicely uh, into that shop window uh, this um, this season. Final game on Saturday was um, uh, Counties versus Manawatu. Two uh, Counties winning this one forty one to um, thirty three uh, in the end. Again, another game that was pretty much uh, one. Uh, and lost in the first half, really. Uh, Manawatu, plenty of opportunities in that first half hour, um, and then it gave up three tries in 10 minutes before half time. Sure, they pulled one back after the Hooter um, to go into half time um, uh, uh, a bit closer, but really, that, those 10 minutes 
were uh, were all it took for um, firing counties to really um, pull away. That put them 33-10 up, went in 33-14 at half time, and yeah, as I say, it was over um, by that point. Let's hear from both of the um, head coaches. Um, from uh, uh, first off, we will hear from the um, Pick Steelers uh, head coach. Um, I've gone blank, uh, Rion uh, Graham, and then we'll hear from Peter Russell um, from uh, Manawa to um, Turbos. Uh, oops, correct. Oops, I'm putting it up. Oh, sorry, folks, I've got to put it up on the wrong wrong place. It's coming, it's coming. Uh, technical issues again, or user issues on technical issues, folks. Um, he says, so first up, we'll hear from uh, Rion, uh, who I've uh, had a chat to um, a couple of times recently, so... Hopefully Here we are after uh, Counties versus Manawa 2 with the uh, Counties head coach, Rion. Um, in that first half, uh, things seem to really click and uh, you managed to uh, uh, put some uh, good points on the board. That 10 minutes before half time, must be very happy with how the boys are playing. Yeah, yeah, really, uh, really happy that first half we um, uh, used the ball well and, and we've been trying to um, trying to do that a fair bit this season and it was starting to, as you say, starting to click, uh, which was real pleasing. Uh, and also defensively, because uh, Manoa 2 had the opportunity that first half, but uh, you managed to always strip the ball or, or get the turnover uh, at, the, at the right time just to, to, to stop their momentum uh, and, and to drag it back. So great first half. But second half, uh, it kind of all, well, that, that, that shape and the attack shape seemed to dis disappear. What, uh, what, what kind of happened? Yeah, the old uh, cliche, again, the two halves. Um, well, look, we'll have to have a good review of... Um, of the video and see what areas we need to improve on there. Um, I think we uh, we battled with the territory game in that, that second half a little bit. Um, handling errors, uh, too many penalties, so our discipline sort of let us down a wee bit and just kept them in the kept them in the hunt. Um, good to get the five points, but um, heaps to work on. Yeah, and um, with the, okay, a couple of players perhaps had, had sort of breakout games. Uh, um, I mean, uh, Benji on the wing there. Uh, his second season, obviously last season, not much. Uh, obviously, didn't get much game time because of how it was. But yeah, he, he had a cracking uh, a half of game until until, um, until his injury. Yeah, Benji, Benji played really well. Benji, um, Jared Page, um, they really stepped up on the attack in that first half. Um, Sean Reedy's just a, a, a workhorse. He was strong again. So yeah, some good performances out there. Um, what's I mean, uh, putting uh, Cameron Roygaard? Uh, Known as a nine, going out on the wing. What's I mean? That, that's a bit of a strange, wasn't? Yeah, just um, looking at our our backs uh, stocks at the moment, and um, and uh, looking at um, Plan Bs and Plan Cs as we move forward in case we get some injuries. So he trained uh, he trained out there a little bit um, during the week. Knows all the plays um, from out there. So um, yeah, and it was good to see him dot one down in the in the corner. So yes, yeah, good to get the five points. Um, I think that puts on the same points now as as, as Otago. Um, You've obviously got your storm week coming up as yep. as, as as well, uh, so it's going to be a, a real busy uh, end to the uh, to, to the regular season um, for you guys. Yeah, yeah, four four games in, in uh, I think what is it? Four games in, in two and a half or three weeks. So um, yeah, really busy. But um, the boys are up for it. They're, they've been training really hard, training well. Um, they they always respond to to the work ons that we put in through throughout the week. So no doubt they'll be doing the same this week. So is this your first time uh, managing a team in, in a storm week, having to try and fit uh, three three games into a week? Yep, 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 yep. So we, we, we've been training pretty hard during the week, so the, the game in the middle of the week is probably uh, like our trainings have been this, um, throughout the season. So the boys should be used to it, 
backing up um, will be pretty easy on them um, uh, on the days off. Well, when, when we uh, chatted with Andy Farrell and Bundiaki after the, uh, um, the, the, the the Maori game, he said that actually the players like having an extra game because it means they don't have to train. Which, yeah, so, yeah. so I think the, yeah, the, yeah. the players will be happy if the coaches yeah. maybe are maybe not so much. But uh, thank you so much for your time. All right, mate. Cracking win and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Um, after uh, Counties versus Manawatu with Peter Russell, the head coach of uh, Manawatu. Look, um, in that first half, obviously, it's never nice to, to, to concede a try straight away, but your guys came back and really put some good pressure in that first half hour and uh, got really close to, to, uh, to, to a number of tries, but uh, just kept turning it over at the wrong, at the wrong yeah. time, really. Yeah, you're right. I think, uh, you know, the first couple of minutes didn't, didn't help. You know, too many mistakes. And then uh, just didn't, didn't put enough pressure on the opposition, you know, off Counties. And they... Uh, Basically, hit them off the hook in that 15 minutes. Yep. You know, we had uh, a lot of possession and uh, territory, and they were conceding a lot of penalties, and um, we should have capitalised on those. Yeah, and then unfortunately, um, it all sort of unravelled in that 10 minutes just before half time, uh, where they got a number of tries, and that's kind of where they pull away. Um, is it just, is that kind of, uh, it's been a tough season, is that just a lack of, lack of confidence in, the, in other players oh, and getting no. a bit tired? No, I don't think so. I think it was just a couple of wrong options in there. We took, uh, we, we missed a line out, a couple of crucial line outs going into the half time. Uh, we had them under pressure, we just turned possession over. So there, those things we need to fix up pretty quickly before next week. And as you know, it does come around pretty quickly. Yep, and then um, the uh, in, in the second half though, um, it was again, a much closer affair and um, that lacks a bit of a uh, little bit of structure from both teams, though. Yeah, both both teams sort of uh, were toing and froing. You know, 20 minutes before, I think we scored first, yep. and then um, into the game, and, and then a couple of penalties later on. So those those things we need to capitalise on and, and take control of the game. And we see that at half time, playing down the right end of the field, which we started well with, but we gave away a couple of turnover possessions, and up the other end we went. And uh, the it's been a tough season, um, clearly for for, for Manawa too. Um, the, uh wasn't helped by starting off with a with a storm week straight away, but I guess it now means towards the end of the season you get full preparation time between games. So, so you're looking forward to the last sort of three games? Yeah, well, this is a short turnaround for us coming up to this week coming up, so we, we're not getting any respite there. Uh, but we just got to carry on. It's the competition, and, and everyone has to go through it. But at the end of the day, you know, we've just got to deal with what we have and the players that we have. And uh, on, on that note, how was has, was the the, uh, the club competition down in uh, Manawatu this year in the, the Prems uh, and, and I guess and, and that sort of pool of players you had available to, to select from? Uh, it's um, you know we're reliant on those those players that are coming back from Super Rugby and international as well. So you know they don't get to play much club rugby as it were. But at the end of the day, you know we've uh, we've got a, a wider group that's training well. Um, being young, being very young, you can saw a few of those young boys come on tonight. And it's just, they've got to learn the trade and learn pretty quickly. Yep. And uh, we, we heard that, uh, that Plumtree had been coming up and uh, helping out. How's, has he still managed to sort of come and uh, get, uh, get some good training with the guys in? Yeah, he's been there for the last three weeks. And, um, you know, you saw a little glimpse of it tonight, but he wouldn't be too happy with a few of the missed tackles. But, you know, that's, that's individual. You know, that, that's the, the attitude that you need at this, this level in this competition. You've got to make your tackles. Yeah, I know it's, 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 it's great credit to him that he's, that he's stepped up and helped you guys out after, after losing his role. I think it's fantastic to see a guy who obviously loves his rugby um, as, as well. So thank you so much for your time. Um, good luck for the rest of the season. And uh, cheers. Thank you. So yeah, so interesting one there um, when I asked him about the uh, depth or the uh, available players from club rugby. Uh, and in talk about there about uh, players coming back from um, 
from Super International needed. Um, I guess that's going to lead to a bigger question that we'll answer. Well, I think Steve and I need to uh, get Bo and a couple of others around a, around a, a few cameras and ask, what is NPC? Is it supposed to be rep rugby or representative rugby, or is it supposed to be, or, or is it a, a professional pathways and about winning uh, and trying to be professional clubs? Um, what what's, uh, What is the balance there around those sort of things? So I think uh, uh, interesting uh, there, because uh, talking to the counties, basically they were like, um, there was a big push there that you, you had to play uh, club rugby in the county's competition or you weren't. Uh, involved or, or uh, except for super rugby players obviously who can't play uh, then he had to be associated with a local club um so uh yeah interesting there i think a, a topic for another another evening as we're running long Stephen. but some um, uh thoughts from uh from from, from, here, from from the two head coaches oh listen i think they both summed, summed it up summed it up perfectly you know just unfortunately for manawa too just that that set piece line out because they showed when they could string things together and put ball in ball in hand they they are a good side, you know. Even Drew Wild at the back, he's probably been one of their better better backs during the season, and, and he always stood out. Man, I thought that was um, a really really strong game. Can you imagine somebody like Tima Fayanuku in a in a in a with the greatest of respect to the Turbos in in another team? He would be amazing. Braden Losse in a in a, in a on the back of a pack that's going forward all the time with a lot of ball. These guys would actually cause a heck of a lot of a lot of damage and even you know Brett, Brett Cameron is a tidy player so they have got some despite their problems within the union let's just hope that they don't make too many changes I'd like to see them keep Peter Russell because he's actually a good a good coach but it's 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 fair to say that to be competitive um because you, you're never going to fix your club your 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 club competition in a hurry that they they may have to go to market to be more, far more competitive yeah um and uh, so a couple of last interviews, um, a, a player who I think has uh, impressed us a lot across Super Rugby and uh, now even more so uh, in MPCs, Cameron Roygaard, uh, who I uh, think is up and coming um, at scrum half uh, in the New Zealand system. So first we'll hear from him. Um, and then also um, I had a chat with um, Lionel Evans, a, uh, yeah, a club, club stalwart down there in counties um, on his debut um, we think he's cap number 805, but uh, uh, with these organisations that go back over 100 years, some of the record keeping hasn't been great at times. So trying to remember, so try and get those numbers exactly right. But um, yeah, we'll have a quick, um, so let's just hear from Cameron, uh, who I said, uh, yeah, uh, uh, an up and coming player. I think we'll see hear a lot more of, uh, and then also then from the uh, debutante. Here we are at uh, after counties versus Mount with Cameron Roygaard. Um, you were, uh, had a, a cracking game there. First off, uh, you start at nine, then you you shoved out on the wing and um, and uh, get a nice try in the corner. This 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 uh, wingers malarkey is kind of easy, isn't it? Yeah, no, it was a bit of fun out there, eh? No, it was awesome first half from the boys, and then um, yeah, it was cool to get opportunity on the wing, sort of bit of freedom. I'm probably not used to being out there so much, but no, it was awesome fun. Um, it's good good effort from the boys. Proud of the boys. Sort of game of two halves, one of those things, but it's good to get the win. Yeah, in that first half, uh, a lot of what you guys have been working on um, seem to be coming off. Uh, you're, you're kind of getting your backs moves really well. You know, Avengers making some great breaks on the outside. Uh, and Jared Page, one of um, not Jared Page, um, uh, one of one of his best uh, best games as well for you guys. You, you really got your backs moving, didn't you? Yeah, we put a lot of uh, emphasis this week on our attack and making sure we do pull trigger and back ourselves. And I think that showed, especially in that first forty. And like we said, like you said, Page was getting lots of time and space, and that's when he's at his best. So no, it was awesome. And uh, how have you enjoyed this season? Now, you're coming off the back of uh, obviously being down there with the Hurricanes and 
perhaps not getting as much game time as you wanted, but obviously training full time. How have you found coming into an NPC season with that kind of uh, baseline of, uh, of fitness and training? Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, it's been really good. Even though I wasn't getting as much game time as I probably would have hoped, but I was getting lots of valuable experience, which I was able to transfer into this season. And um, yeah, and then like you said, like getting the game time, like I'm getting this season, it's really awesome. And um, yeah, I find myself just having fun, enjoying it, and that's that's I suppose that's the main goal for me. So yeah, no, it's awesome. Not just having fun, but now being actually one of the as, as coming off super, one of the kind of leaders of the group as well, uh, and enjoying that extra responsibility of as, as okay, as you think, you're owning that nine jersey uh, and uh, kind of and kind of leading leading the team or bossing the team around a bit. Yeah, no, it's an awesome challenge. Um, when Rion talked to me about that at the start of the year, it was. Um, Pretty daunting, but nah, it's um, nah, it's an awesome challenge, and like there's lots of other the other leaders that um, pretty awesome as well to make, you know, make it a team team effort. So yeah, nah, it's it's really good, really good group. Good, and then yeah, second half you say you kind of lost your shape a bit, didn't you? So it seems to be all going a bit, bit scrappy, and uh, things just weren't clicking in in that second half. And does it number of personnel change? Obviously, you going out on the wing unfamiliar position all that kind of uh, tied into it you think um, yeah I'm not sure probably have to have to look back and review on that but um, yeah we found ourselves losing our momentum there and we couldn't quite get it back um, I was probably quite lucky that we actually did get that um, that try towards the end there to sort of seal that win but um, one or two we knew they were a team that would play for the full 80 like we've seen it for multiple weeks um, regardless of the scoreline so yeah it's credit to them like they're still a good side regardless and um, yeah yeah well, uh, cracking season for you, and uh, thank you so much for your time, and good luck the rest of the season. Cheers, thank you. Cheers. So, uh, here we are after uh, Counties versus Manitou, Lionel, uh, who has uh, made his debut, and uh, is, is breathing rather heavily. Um, got, got more tired by the post-match um, warm-down than actually the, uh, that's of the game? Yeah, but we love it, eh? <laughs> and, uh, look... Uh, you see, first experience of of MPC rugby. Uh, how did you find it? Was uh, did you, was it? Uh, how did you find the step up with all I guess the extra power in the scrum or less time and extra pace? Uh, how, how was it for you? The adrenaline's going, eh? So just little shakes. <laughs> but yeah, the the boys certainly helped me out a bit. Just you know, keep me in the in the zone. But well, and we saw that uh, look, look you, you you got your mitts on the ball as well and uh, went very close to that try there yeah. where you kind of uh, kind of kind of throw, oh boy come on it's, it's my debut I should be allowed to get your strike come on let me over let me over oh uh, meat pie would have been good but, <laughs> you know try is a try for the team and uh, so I mean, how you found the step up from club rugby to uh, to, to NPC the extra level of training all that kind of stuff is it uh, how how are you enjoying that uh, that that change intensity's uh, there though eh? But uh, the fitness coach keeps me in check. <laughs> As we can see with the, with the heavy breathing, because they've been running up and down to uh, the, the, the guys on the bench get to do have to do a little bit of tra extra afterwards to make sure they've done the full uh, done the full workload. Because uh, if you come on after five minutes, um, it would have been a bit of a bit of a uh, bit of a workout, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you want to get on as soon as you can. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, congratulations on uh, on your debut. Uh, it, it's, it's great to see you, you're grinning and enjoying it yeah. so much. Uh, and uh, in the background, folks, they, that's all his family who have come out to support him as well. So, uh, it's it's great to see a local club boy uh, get really repping his uh, his uh, his province. So, thank you for your time and well done. Oh, Honoured to be here. Cheers. Cheers. Not quite as eloquent as um, as, uh, as perhaps down, down in Waikato, but I guess something that, that you won't see unless you're at a game is the guys who are on the bench end up doing end up having to run shuttles and and uh, uh, and, and do a full workout post game if they've not had a chunk of game time because you know obviously they, they can't overload you in case you have to come up after five minutes but they need to you do need to get through your uh, to keep fit for the for, for the um, 
rest, and yeah, he was, uh, yeah, as you say, sweating and a bit out of breath at um, post game oh. with the uh, post game workout. Paul, what what I loved about that interview is, <clears throat> I don't think he really cared whether he scored a try or not. He, he just looked like a guy that was man. I'm just happy to be at this level and and amongst it. He just you couldn't take the. I think he had the same smile on his face throughout the whole the the whole interview. And uh, oh, that, that that was classic. That was gold, Paul. Very, very well done. Yeah, we only got 10 minutes, but hey, it's uh, 10 minutes that no one can ever take away from him, as you say, there in that one. Um, so, yep, yeah, so uh, well done to, uh, to to Candice for that one. Um, we've overrun, so we're going to run through these last games pretty quickly. Uh, Tasman uh, beat Taranaki 38-27, got two struggling teams, um, uh, a much-needed win for, uh, for for Tasman there. Wellington, Sorofo Targo, 32-26. Um, that was a, a a key one in that uh, in that pool as Wellington there for come up to third. Um, ahead of Otago in fifth now, and open up a, uh, a seven-point gap, which is um, which will help them in their quest for um, uh, for finals um, rugby. Um, and uh, the uh, final game of the weekend saw Canterbury comfortably beat Northern forty-six to seventeen. Look, Northern really have been impressing this season, but up against the Canterbury side, who um, well, Northern's form meant they were not going to be they were not going to be underestimated, uh, and also Northern having to change a few players up. Uh, meant uh, that um, yeah, uh, uns- unsurprising perhaps uh, really that that, that scoreline and uh, Northland will live um, to fight another day. They still sit third in their pool on 18 points, but both North Harbour and Tasman sit just one point behind them. But Northland do have their storm week coming up, so they do have an extra game uh, in hand over those two. So uh, even with that result, uh, finals footy looking uh, on the cards for Northland. Yeah, an interesting contest. Uh, speaking of only a, a point or so between them, um, interesting contest coming up this Sunday. It's the final game of the round. North Harbour play Northland in Whangarei, and I will be there. Hopefully, I'll have most of my voice back by then, as uh, as, as as well. So uh, that could probably that could define their season. To be brutally honest, um, to the point where. Um, Obviously, they've still got their storm week to go. They've got a, another. Uh, they've got an away game against Tasman, but they, like I say, they do have that game in hand, and a win will send them on their way to making the uh, the quarterfinals. Those other other two games, interesting, interesting games. The uh, I just the want Tasman. to think about the That's their final game at Seminole Stadium as well. Um, so, folks, get along to that one because their game against because in Northland Manor two has been moved, so the pitch will be prepared for the Women's Rugby World Cup. So. Um, yeah. Uh, moved to Ka- to Ka- to Kaikoui. Now Kaikoui. that's where they that's where they played. Um, oh, I think it was last year, year before. But your pardon, 20, 2020 COVID year. They actually moved the game when there were renovations being done to uh, to Seminole Stadium and Whangarei. It was moved to Kaikoui. They played Waikato. They've got a hundred percent record there, so uh, they might be happy to take that game against Manawa too up there as well. So yeah, an interesting. Weekend, Paul, but I, I've got to say most of the games pretty. You've got to say were pretty one-sided. The weekend probably not as close. You know, I think probably the average winning margin would have been what ten to fifteen points in in every, every game. If you kind of average, if you average it out, coffee obviously might be a bit wider with the uh, the two heavy defeats of both uh, both maybe Northland and I think Southland pretty well pretty well beaten. But um, listen, something I just quickly want to bring up before we actually close the show up um of course 
I don't know whether it was the back end of this round or the front end of, of the round, which saw the uh, Wellington-Tasman game last Wednesday night, and we saw a oh, very... Sorry, uh, yes. Yep. Yeah, we saw a very controversial decision. We saw a Wellington win in, in that particular game, but we actually saw a very, very controversial decision that was made by the uh, made by the uh, TMO where he awarded a try where it, it clearly, clearly showed that the uh, uh, Connor Garden Bishop, who actually scored the try, was was basically out. Now, um, there's been a lot of talk on the... Uh, on the social network with regards to that decision, because you can imagine there's been a lot of a comment by myself included and, you know, a lot of people out there giving the TMO a bit of advice that he should head off to the local spec savers and have a look because it, it was clearly out. Now, there's been a little bit of a response um, from the Tasman CEO, Lyndon Brain. Um, he's basically came out and said the TMO is, is probably the person that's most disappointed um, himself and sort of has backed uh, the um, the TM, TMO Corey Eggers up, saying that he's been a TMO for five for over four years, and uh, there were some mitigating circumstances why the correct decision wasn't made. Now, obviously, a lot of people have just said, "Well, really?" He, we all saw the pictures; he got it wrong. But um, interestingly enough, um, Kane Hames has basically come out and, and basically said, listen, Corey isn't a paid TMO. Local referees perform this every game, and he has done this role for years without a mishap. There is little or no time for training provided. Secondly, there was no big screen where the whole refereeing team could look at the pitches together and decide. He had to make a decision on his own. This hardly happens at any professional in any professional game in New Zealand. Thirdly, he was asked to look at the line and he made the mistake of looking only at the line without checking the feet and the grounding. Um, on top of this, if the commentary team hadn't pointed this out, how many people in Kane's Hames' eyes would have actually noticed that? Now, he's basically come out in support of Corey. He obviously knows him. He's been a referee himself. And he's kind of irked that... Um, that people have come out and even named the um, the TMO. I must admit, in my comments, I didn't name the TMO. I just I was just disappointed that a decision that looked so obvious wasn't done about it. Now, um, Kane has basically come out and, and, and said a lot of the comments were totally un, uninformed. Well, listen, if it isn't as TM, TM, TMO's fault, Paul, is this on New Zealand rugby for not having the right the right resources there to actually help these guys out to make a decision? Because we've been to most grounds, and you and I, there's always a monitor down by the field, which the referee could go and have a look as well. Now, this is probably as simple as um, the TMO having an RT directly, and I would assume he'd have direct communication to the referee. To get that right uh, decision. So, so, there we go. so the team will have direct communication to, to, to the referee. Yes, he does. Now, um, I, yet uh, in a, a lot of cases, uh, is he, or, um, he is by uh, the side of the pitch. So, if we're looking at, say, a, a ground such as uh, uh, um, such, such as Navigation Home Stadium uh, for counties, he's by the side of the pitch, as he would be, um, say, at a uh, Tauranga Domain, which would be a um, uh, Bay of Plenty game. Now. If he's at an Auckland game or at a um, or Waikato, so at Eden Park or FNG Stadium, he isn't by the pitch. He is up in the stands, um, some uh, is, in, is in a room with the timekeeper. Now, um, should you allow the referee when there isn't a big screen to go and look at the small screen 
maybe, but then that creates a different situation for some games as to others where he can and where, where so in some games he can go and talk to the uh, they can talk have a chat next to each other by the pitch. In other games he can't do it, it has to be done by radio. So do you do you say you're only allowed to talk about radio so it's consistent across the games or not? Uh, I, 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 I'm not sure. So some some of those things, yes. Some of the provincial state, some of the provincial grounds do not have uh, the proper facilities for a professional game. Let's be blunt. Um, Seminole Stadium uh, up in Northern, for example, has only recent, only the last couple of years has had a big screen. Uh, some years doesn't have some. Some years it hasn't had a big screen up there. Um, now it's a temporary one that comes in on a truck, um, but at least there is one there. So um, uh, Navigation Homes doesn't have a big screen, but uh, Bay of Plenty does. So. It, it, um, the, yeah, the, the, the standard of facilities isn't consistent uh, and, and could do with being stepped up, definitely. Um, the standard of, of support for the for the, for the so this idea that TMOs don't get any training, that's on New Zealand Rugby and they need to get training and have better support, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and so so for me, this is on the New Zealand Rugby Football Union. If you mm. you 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 want to take all these anomalies out of the out of the situation, and and for my way of thinking, they've actually opened this can of worms up themselves. Of, of course, you know the TMO is looking looking at the looking like the bad guy at the minute, and and you know, and Kane Holmes credit to him has come out and 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 right rightfully defended defended the TMO on this, but you know. What what we're what we're asking for is supporters, you know, people who pay these subscriptions. They, they people want a little bit of accuracy here, Paul, and I don't think that's a hell of a lot to to ask for because you know we see, you know, we see international games and we constantly hear that chatter from the referee and the TMO. I'll check on that. Check 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 on that. Um, if we want to show that we are fully professional and and basically engaging the required needs for the for for the spectators for the for the players themselves that are watching the game because i i look back at a lot of the games the weekend and the number of forward passes i saw were just absolutely oh. forward passes crooked throw-ins at line out time you know they, those are the sort of things that a tmo who's watching that live can basically check on and if it means stopping the play to hit with it go back and check on it either that I don't think you want to be in the excuse the French half ass. You're either you're you're either in their boots or boots and all, or not at all. We 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 go back we go back to relying on the naked eye, and we'll probably have a lot more to to talk about. But, um, <laughs> hey, I, so, I know we, we I know we've gone well over tonight. Um, we have gone over, and we probably should discuss the CMO again at another time. The the facilities for the CMOs are definitely not consistent. So the ability for a TMO at someone at someone like Navigation Homes or um, or Taronga is much less than FMG Stadium, where he has got a couple of screens um, and he's got multiple cameras that you can see. Whereas at those other grounds, he only has one screen. So you are you are right; it is half-assed in those ones. They don't have the proper facilities that they should have. And and, and make no mistake, this irks the hell out of the coaches. And you know, and in a lot of games and in, in, in key moments, it can make a real, real big difference. I was going to talk about the deliberate knockdown, but we could be here for another hour, mate. So I better let you sign off. <laughs> We'll sort of. Um, Scott Donaldson um, does ask: Should uh, teams uh, contest defensive lineouts, or what is the answer to stopping all these lineout drives um, to the hookers? Um, look, uh, this is something that's been in the game for five, six, seven years, maybe. I mean, David Pocock, for example, uh, you could pretty much put your money on him scoring a try every game, and uh, with a TAB and make a nice little profit for the year. So, look, it's nothing new. 
I think teams have tried different things uh, and they are uh, they are struggling. But other teams, for example, I think the Crusaders only allowed one try via a line out more um, so, one year. So there there are ways of doing it. Is it obvious to us as fans? Not always. Two 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 things. Um, just to reply to Scott, what I what I'd like to see a real good way of stopping it immediately is to sack it straight away. Even if you actually sack sack the catcher once he hits the ground, and then even even though he's let it off, it just basically means that the referee will probably deem that yeah it's gone down it's gone down straight away so it's not illegal but what does get my back up is when it crabs sideways and it's not actually moving forward to me the moment it crabs you're not you're not moving forward i think you've got to release it you know we've seen situations where the ball's sitting at the back of the scrum the referees are telling the halfbacks to remove the ball i personally think that's something that, that they've got to look at yep uh, good points there. Um, I'm going to be at Waikato versus Southland on Wednesday night. Don't forget, folks, the All Blacks, Wallabies versus All Blacks is on Thursday night. It is a midweek Bledisloe Cup game for the first time in living memory. Um, that uh, yeah, that kickoff is 9.45 New Zealand time. So uh, don't forget that on Thursday night, folks. Don't miss that game. We'll be back on Tuesday next week. Tuesday, not Monday, folks, in our new time slot, Tuesday, 8 p.m. So do join us then. Thank you so much. Um, Stephen for do, for joining me and for putting up with my uh, inability to turn the sound on, um, hence I couldn't hear you. Uh, and uh, thank you everyone who's joined us in the live chat. Uh, we uh, it is uh, much appreciated um, that uh, you do join us and uh, catch you all next week on Tuesday. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 